Hello, everybody. Welcome to the big program. Dave Stuttered Things My Granddaddy Said. Man, we got a big show for you today. We got a big one. We got a really, really fun guest. I can't wait to get to it. Talk about last week's show a little bit. Last week, our guest was, um, who was our guest last week? Uh, Jack, it was, uh, it was um... <laughs> who was on the show last week? Oh, it was John Garst, everybody. John we had John G. Garst, a political consultant, activist, lobbyist, and provocateur. And that was pretty entertaining. John had some good stories, a little bit of inside stuff politically. Um, yeah, it was, uh, that was a good one. And uh, we enjoyed that. And we, were, we're, and, and we talked about the, his Howard Stern show connection, which was, which was cool. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Um, you know, that was interesting to hear about High Pitch Eric and Little Ozzy and all the, the cast of characters from the uh, Howard Stern show and John's weird affiliation with that show and his weird sort of penchant for having B-list celebrities play his birthday party. That was hey, kind of interesting. Webster. Except Webster. Webster, certainly not B-list. Webster, television's Webster, everybody. Emmanuel Lewis. We hope to get him on the program real soon. Um, he's a he's a man about town here in uh, Fayette County, Georgia. We see him all the time. As a matter of fact, we took in a ball game with him the other night, did we not, Jack? We did. Excellent. It was uh, that was exciting. That was exciting. All right, everybody. Let me get to my. Uh, well, let me. You know, as always, I've got in the studio with me uh, my my uh, sidekick, my producer, engineer, and musical director, Jack Stuttered. He's off camera and off mic, but everybody loves him. What do you yes, say, Jack? Sir. How we doing? Doing good. How, how's your uh, How's your week been? Yeah, a little school, you know. A little school, you know, a little work, all that good stuff. A little sleep. A little, lots of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rough life you have, Jack Stutter. It's tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know. All right, well, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, my uh, my guest today is a guy that is well-known uh, here in this part of the world. Um, uh, he is um, he's a musician. Uh, he uh, He plays and sings. Um, just about, uh, as much, uh, he, he does that just about as much time as, as he works his, his day job. And we'll let him talk about that in a minute, his day job and that kind of thing. But, um, I've known this, this fella for, uh, several years and, uh, was really one of the main influences that got me really serious about trying to pick the guitar back up and, and play a little bit. And, and probably if not, uh, you know, but for him, I would never have gotten the courage to get up and play in front of people. And, and it's, it's nice to see that that influence has begun to, in fact, my son Jack, he's become a pretty decent, a really good guitar player actually, and, and plays with with Tim and I both sometimes. Uh, I play occasionally with Tim, uh, but there's a lot more to Tim McGee than that. Uh, we'll bring him on in just a second and, and have a have a chat with him about all of that. Um, so uh, it's with great pleasure I want to introduce to you everybody, uh, Mr. Tim McGee. Come on, Tim. Very nice, Jack Stutter. Little intro for Tim there. Tim, what's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Glad to be here. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. So, um, <clears throat> you had a busy weekend. Uh, let's start with that. I know you uh, you played Friday night. Uh, tell us uh, where you play. Uh, oh, well, you played Friday night. Where'd you play Friday night? Played Partners Pizza and had you join me and Jack joined us and we had a good time. Had a good night. Yeah, that, that's that's one of your regular spots, right? Right. Let me, let, let me just push this mic a little closer to you, Tim. All right, there we go. All right, that's one of your regular gigs, right? Right. Love playing out on the patio out there. When I first moved to Fayetteville, that was uh, a place that I had designed that I wanted to play. When I saw that patio, I said I needed to go there and try to play that. So I went in and talked to the owners, and that was seven years ago. Been playing there ever since. Yeah, and now we're going to talk about all the other places that you play around uh, Fayette and, and, and other places. Uh, you know, I, I, I've said many times on this on this podcast, 
I want to try to make this thing a little more uh, international. I mean, I do have a listener in uh, the the United Kingdom. I'll have everyone know. Uh, but I mean, for for uh, out of necessity, we we sometimes have to talk very locally, and that's what we're going to do today for the most part. But before we get into all of that, Tim, t- where where are you originally from? Where where you're not from Georgia, are you? Yes, I'm from College Park. Actually, uh, I was born uh, here in Atlanta, Crawford Long, and graduated from North Clayton High School. So you're a rare, rare Atlanta native. <laughs> right. Okay, so went to North Clayton High School, and uh, from high school, what, how, well, let me. How, how did you? When did you start this this music thing? When when did you develop this this uh, interest in, in in music? Well, I started playing guitar. Picked it up in the fourth grade. Uh, I was over at SR Young Elementary, and my dad brought a guitar home and asked me if I wanted to learn how to play. And he showed me three chords, C, F, and G, and uh, I got some Mel Bay chord books and started learning how to make chords. And then uh, that same year, I made my first appearance on a talent show there at the elementary school. Now, was your dad a guitar player? Not, uh, not very well. He he enjoyed music, but I think he started learning about the same time I did. We kind of learned together, and then as I grew, he kind of laid it down after a couple of songs and let me play. Okay, so um, I, I assume that once you uh, got it in your hand and kind of kind of got an understanding for the thing, that sort of put the hook in you. It did, it did, and then once I learned, I could play along with the radio. And the countdown, and play some of my favorites. Play along with some of my favorites, like Creedence Clearwater, and and so on, and some of the older country artists at the time. I I, I developed a different uh, taste for all kinds of music at that time, whatever I could play in three chords, and then of course progressed a little bit from there. Yeah, well, let me ask you this: some, is, Who were some of your your early, like when you first started, um, you know, messing around with it and trying to learn certain songs that you that you listened to on the radio and that kind of thing? Who were some of your early influences? Oh, uh, Merle Haggard, uh, George Jones, Conway Twitty, and then the the rock and roll uh, groups of my era, Bad Company, CCR, and uh, you know, like I said, some of the some of the ones that I could copy. The one once they got into synthesizers and all the different sound effects, I couldn't keep up with that, so I stayed basic to the mostly the country roots and the uh, and the southern rock that I could that I could mimic and copy and play. For my own entertainment and enjoyment. So, I mean, how long have you been doing this, Tim? How long have you had an interest in, or how long have you been playing guitar, I guess is the question. Well, I started playing the guitar in the fourth grade, put it down for a while, and then uh, played with a band, uh, a couple of different bands in the 90s, the late 80s and 90s, and uh, then put it down for about eight years, didn't play anywhere out in public, and uh, then came to Fayetteville, moved down here, and started, started a new life down here in Fayetteville, and Thought I would pick it up again, and that's when I got in touch with Partners Pizza and uh, played at several other different places and started building building uh, some connections and playing in different places. So it, it kind of helped me make this place my home. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's kind of how uh, I think with the, the way I met you was, and just to give everyone a little background about this, I, I was I was trying to get my nerve up to, to sort of take this thing and, and get it in front of people, and uh, I, I called you or, or text you or something, and said that I it was you were doing a um you were doing a, a night at the uh, one of these Mexican restaurants um it's no longer around Los Mariachis Los Mariachis that's right and somebody had said that you did a um you did like an open mic night there you know on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or something and I thought oh, okay I'll, let me let me call this guy so I, I remember I texted you I called you or something I said hey I, I understand you do like an open mic night I mean what's going on? you you were like well no it's not really an open mic night but if you want to come in and just plug your guitar in and play with me that that's fine which you were gracious enough to let me do that, and it was an absolute train wreck, everybody. I'm here to tell you. Uh, I tried to do a couple of songs I should not have tried to do with the harmonic and everything else. It was 
it didn't go well, but it, it taught me uh, a couple of things. And one of the things it taught me is you, you're not going to get if that's what you want to do. If you want to get up and play in front of people, you got to play in front of people. I mean, you can play perfectly in your living room to your dog or to your family. Uh, it's a whole different animal when you get up and play in front of people. Would you would you agree with that, Tim? Oh yes, and uh, it's it's important to do that as soon as you can too, because the more you play, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn a lot from those mistakes and learn how to correct them as you go forward and eliminate them uh, as you grow as an artist and grow as with your confidence in playing in public and then learn to read the crowd, work with the crowd uh, based on that experience as well. Yeah, I mean, one of my one of the things that impresses me about, about you, and really more so than, I mean, there are other acts that play around Fayette County and in the state. I mean, I've been all over the place and seen live people play live music, obviously. But one of the things that, that impresses me about you um, continuously, it continues to impress me, is you know someone will come up to you with some kind of request, and it's very rarely that you don't know it or you can't get your hands or your head around it and figure it out for them. You know, it, you, I see so many, so often you'll see bands and, and, and solo performers that perform, but everything they have is sort of canned up. They they really can't deviate from their set list, or they have some backing tracks that they play to help them, you know, fill in, and and they can't. They can't come off of that because it's all programmed in. So they don't take requests as, as a result of that. That's not to say they maybe they don't know those songs, but they can't because they're locked into this playlist they have running in the background with all of this this um, this MIDI and you know the, the uh, playback stuff. So I've always been impressed by the fact that you have the ability to, to do that, and that you know crowd responds to that, and and it's 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 this makes it a lot more fun, I think. Well, everybody likes to be recognized and and uh, made to feel like. You know, because the songs, especially the songs you don't hear on the radio anymore that you grew up with, that you like, that mean something. Uh, just about every song that I've played repetitively over the years has a meaning in my past, in my family or relationships or uh, whatever. A song, there's a song for everything, they say. And if somebody comes up and has that song, you know, I'm there because the restaurants or the, the event location wants me to entertain the people that are going to be there. So to be able to, to, to connect with them on a request like that is very important to me. It's a challenge. and also expands my repertoire to be able to do it. If I don't know it then, I may try to do it the next week, try to learn it if I'm playing in that same place over and over. So it really helps build a, build a friendship base and a client base that way. Brings, brings the people in. That's what I get paid to do. Yeah, and I mean, I, I will say you, you've got a, you, you do have a loyal following here in, in, uh, in Fayette County, certainly. Um, and I know you've been doing this uh, this gig up in Cumming, Georgia, for um, a while now. Which, for those of you that are not from this part of the world, I mean, Cumming is probably what a good I don't know an hour north of here, Tim. Yeah, about hour ten. Yeah. Yeah. You, you play up there at a twist twisted taco in Cumming. It's a hacienda, actually. All right, Mexican restaurant La Hacienda in in Cumming, Georgia. And I, I, I've seen your uh, some photographs and some things from you playing up there, and it, and it looks like you're beginning to develop a little bit of a, a, a following up there. Yeah, we've had some repeat people come in, repeat business, and once once I recognize somebody that has a request, the last time I played or the first time I played there, and they keep coming back, then I know I recognize those people. I plug that request in my mind, and then I'll play it without them asking, and that makes a smile on their face, and they turn and acknowledge, you know. And that's what it's all about to me is pleasing people when I'm when I do it. It pleases me just to play, but to please somebody else by playing a song that they like and make them smile or tap their foot, you know, that's all that means everything to me. And, and you know, I, I'll say this to you. I, I, 
I'm sure I've said this to you before, um, but you know, when I first time I sort of was exposed to your playing and your singing, you know, the first thing I thought is, damn man, this guy, why is this guy not in Nashville? I mean, what, 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 why is he, what's he doing at Twisted Top, you know, whatever. Um, but there, there was a fact, a time when you, when you sort of, um, headed, headed out, out or, or up to Nashville or Memphis and, and tried to sort of see what you could do up there. Is that, yeah, I uh, actually started elementary school in, in Hermitage, Tennessee, in Nashville. And, uh, of course, I was young at that time. Didn't play the guitar at that time yet, so had no interest in music. Didn't know where I was living. Had, didn't know what the golden opportunity that I had. I actually took dance lessons with Pam Tillis uh, at that age, and uh, Mel Tillis had just written Detroit City, and, and it was interesting to be in that group of people. My dad worked for the airlines. But then uh, I uh, once I moved down here and I was into the music, I actually had a couple of opportunities and went up to Nashville and played at the Bluebird three times, uh, the Songwriters Cafe with some original stuff that I had done. And that was thrilling and very, very nerve wracking too, because it's the only place I've ever played where you could hear your own heart beating because it was so quiet. Everybody was so respectful and just listening to the music and the lyrics. It just made you realize how serious that craft is up there. Now, were you going up there just to sort of mark that off a bucket list or did you have some perhaps, um, you know, thought that, you know, maybe the right person might hear me. Maybe I can go up here and, and you know, get discovered. I mean, I, was that ever a thought in your mind? Well, I actually went up there and I had uh, a cassette tape of about 10 originals that I had done. And I was walking uh, 16th Avenue and uh, just walking around, went to BMI and ASCAP and was doing the uh, the tourist thing. And I saw a guy cleaning the front window on, on one of the studios and it was Monday. Uh, and I went in and I, I went and introduced myself to him and I said, you know, I know you've heard this a thousand times, but is there any way I can come in and see the studio? I'd just like to see us, see how the studio works, you know. Uh, you know, would say, well, do you have some songs? And I said, yeah, I've got a cassette. He said, well, do you have the lyric sheets to go with it? And I said, no, I didn't know I needed to do that. And he said, well, if, yeah, if you come back at 1 o'clock, this was about 9 o'clock in the morning. He said, if you come back at 1 o'clock, I'm going to have some of my guys in here doing some recording, and you can sit in the studio with us. But bring me some lyric sheets, too, and I'll go over your cassette and also have the lyric sheets. So I sat in that time that I had to kill at that time. I sat down and wrote all the lyrics down on all 10 songs and had them ready when I went in there. And I was so nervous I got there an hour early because I had forgotten it was on Central Time, that Nashville was on Central Time. So I'm sitting in the lobby for an hour before it was time to be there just because I was so anxious. But he took me in the office. He was very gracious, took me in the office and, and said he had listened to everything and read the lyric sheets. And it wasn't what they were looking for. And you know, I never really pounded the streets and kept after it and kept after it because at that time I had young kids, I had responsibilities, and I, I was no way going to go live in a boarding house and and uh, throw my dreams all in one basket because I had responsibilities to take care of. But it was a, it was a good opportunity to be able to do that and say that I, that I made some connections up there. Yeah, and the thing that uh, I think you and I have talked about this before, but the thing that, that stri- strikes me about that town and, and, and other towns like that where, where you know, traditionally – people go to try to get discovered or, or, you know, um, in other words, you know, in music towns, I guess, you know, every single bar that you walk in or every single club that you walk in that has live music, every act up there sounds like they could be, they could have a record contract. You know I mean? The talent level is just ridiculous in towns like that. And, you know, you think to yourself, man, here's, you know, here's a town that's full of people that are amazing talents uh but in the daytime they're dishwashers and flipping hamburgers and that kind of thing which would just it is it, just it just goes to illustrate what a complete and talent aside it just goes to show in my view anyway what a complete and total crapshoot 
the whole stardom thing is. I mean, just right time, right place, right everything, really. Right. It's also relationships. Uh, it's kind of like professional sports as well. You have all the talented athletes and all, and just like you have the talented musicians, but somebody who knows somebody who has a deal going with somebody else, and it's a lot of the business aspect you hear athletes talking about, you know, I love my team, I want to be loyal, but it's a business, I have to take care of myself. And same way in the music business, uh, they, they have the, uh, the artists that are on their label, and if they can promote one artist to help two other artists, then that one artist may not have as much talent as somebody else, but if it helps connect another group of business come into their fold, then they, they may become a star quicker than somebody that's more talented. Yeah, and I think uh, it has a lot. You know, it, it's such like you said. It's such it's the the business aspect of this thing is a little frustrating. It's such a business now. Um, you know, you, you look at, at established recording artists, uh, alive and dead, um, who would not have been given the time of day on a show, for example, like American Idol. I mean, you take a guy like Springsteen or Dylan or even Jimi Hendrix. Those kinds of people would not have played in today's market because it's so much about marketability you know you got to be more than just a, an amazing talent or have a great voice you got to have this whole look about you that that can sell and that can be marketable and that whole kind of thing which you know i just kind of i think is, is one of the reasons why we get subpar talent with these record contracts and these number one records on the pop charts because you look at the person and they look like they're you know they, they're they're really pretty or attractive but you know it takes 15 producers and six writers to produce a product to get them there Right, and the candle these days seems to burn a lot shorter and quicker than the stars of yesterday because they did develop it over such a long period of time and like a, a water drip in a faucet, you know, building their careers and building song after song after song and album after album where now you can buy a single on the internet and sure, it'll be a dance song and be go crazy, but two months later, they'll forget who that person was if they don't have an album of continuous product to put out. Right, and you know, you take a, a, a person like Carrie Underwood, for example, who's a beautiful girl. She has a wonderful voice. Um, there's no, 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 uh, no doubt about that. But I mean, you know, I wonder, you know, after she won American Idol, she's arguably, I think, the most popular, or at least she's the most successful person to have won that show. Um, you know, she's got, she's had hit records and she's all over the place, but again, she's a, she's a beautiful woman. Um, and I just wonder if she didn't, ha you know, if she, if she would have had to have done it, you know, the old school way, write her own material, present her own material. I mean, if she didn't have a, a, a core of producers and writers and directors and all of those kinds of things, would that girl have ever made it in, in show business? You know, which is, I think the whole sort of counter argument to shows like American Idol. Right, and she, she has a big machine behind her, and it's very important for today's artists to have that machine behind them, uh, especially if they don't write their own songs. It takes even more uh, of a team effort. you got somebody like Miranda Lambert, who uh, didn't even win a lesser show than American Idol that she was on, uh, Nashville Star. She came in second or third, I think, to Buddy Jewel, but she worked and played and played and played and wrote her own songs and was out there in the road every day on you know traveling around. I think a little more than Carrie Underwood was because Carrie got such quick stardom so fast uh, and got put, the machine got behind her. And I think, you know, you respect somebody like Miranda Lambert as well for doing it the hard way. Sure. Well, that kind of segues me in, into what I wanted to sort of get into next with you. And, and that's just sort of, you know, you had mentioned your, your, some of your early roots. And I know that 
you know, and you, you talked about some sort of um, some classic rock and roll groups that that you know you were influenced by, but I know that you have some deep country roots as well, right? And you know, I, I, as a guy that's you know about you know you and I are similar in age, and we sort of um, were brought up with the same kinds of music. Now, you know, there wasn't a lot of country music played in my in my home. I didn't grow up with that necessarily. You know, I was uh, my dad was a, was a big Dylan fan and and that kind of thing. So that's really was my my first influence musically but i do have an appreciation for uh country music however i'm not sure what is presented today as country music uh and i'm not diminishing the talent that that's out there or the guys and girls that are making records right now under country labels or in that genre but i i'm not certain that folks our age would regard what's being put out now as real country music is that i mean am i out of bounds there no, it's uh, it is frustrating because it, it, you hear five songs all day long, over and over and over on the country station, and every one of them has references to drinking out of a Dixie cup with the tailgate on your truck with a bonfire, <laughs> and it's it's just like it's it's honestly like eating Mexican food. You have twenty different courses that you can serve with the same seven ingredients. Right, but it's it's very frustrating, more so than it used to be in 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 the prior days when country music was was uh, very solid and long-lasting and building up with, with the longer careers and stuff like we talked about. Jack, you want to weigh in with your uh, your favorite? Jack has an impression that he does of every country song, every current country song now. It's just sort of an amalgamation of every song in like one phrase. You want to, you want to hit us with that? As a matter of fact, you probably want to come over here and get on the mic, Jack, for this one. You just, just kind of... We're experiencing... Something Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we have said early on in, in the podcast uh, history that for Jack to get on camera, it has to be huge. It has to be very special. This is, and he, he hadn't even, you can tell he's, he's primped himself for his on camera appearance. So this is going to be Jack's, here's Jack Stuttered's in, 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 uh, impression of every modern country pop song sort of amalgamated in one. <laughs> it's, one it's a single line. It's a single line. Like right. it's it's like we're doing we're not doing a whole song here. It's just one line. Exactly. It's one line. It's one line. Ever all right, Jack? You are you ready? I don't know if they're ready. That's yeah. the thing. Well, take it away, Jack Stutter. <clears throat> a cold bear, a cold night. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there it is, everybody. Jack Stutter in his uh, his his renowned impression of uh, every country every song ever. Thank you know, for having me. Thanks for coming on, Jack. Appreciate your support as on usual. Here. On camera, that's unprecedented. Uh, and which reminds me, uh, Tim, I, I don't know if this was real. It looked real. I thought it was. I, yeah, I hope it's real because it's hilarious. There was this thing that was banging around the internet a while. It was on Facebook and everywhere else. But it was it was five country songs, and I guess it was a Luke Bryan song, um, maybe a Tim McGraw song. Who else, Jack? Who, who? Um, Jason Aldean. It was those guys. You know, it was like the the big pop country icons right now. And it was five songs that were that were analyzed by a computer, some some software that analyzes these songs, and it it literally showed that every single one of these songs can easily be be sort of integrated into one song with very little change to the chord progressions or the tonal you know images or anything else. I mean, I, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the David Allen Coe song, the perfect country song. Uh, <laughs> The all the ingredients back then were you had to have a song about rain. You had to part have a part of the song that's had rain in it. Uh, something about mama, prison, 
and all the uh, stereotypes of the older country. And that's what I grew up playing is that kind of Merle Haggard, Hank Williams, Conway Twitty. And there was even used to be a radio station in Atlanta that had a Friday night segment called Crying, Loving, or Leaving. And all those songs were based on all that stuff. And I mean, people would just tune in on Friday night and just drown themselves in their sorrow for all the crying, loving, and leaving stuff, all those songs in that genre. And that's what I grew up learning how to play. And I had to make some adjustments to play some more upbeat as I got to playing out in the public to play a different variety of songs because I could play that Keith Whitley stuff in my living room all night long, but to play in a public uh, restaurant uh, may not be what everybody wants to hear all the time. So you have to be versatile and change your repertoire up a little bit. Yeah, you just have to sort of adapt to, I guess, the the times, I suppose, um, which, you know, as I suggested earlier, you've been able to do uh, quite well. Now tell us, uh, Tim... We talked about your your gig on your reoccurring gig at, at at Partners Pizza here in Fayetteville on Friday nights, but you you play just about every night of the week, right? Not necessarily. The, the summertime, the weather has a lot to do with it. I play more when the weather's good because people have patios that are open, opportunities to play outside, and I'll play you know two to two to three, four times a week. Sometimes just depending on, but but it's the, the kind of playing that I do. I can play uh, and be back home in bed before. Anybody normally maybe goes out to eat dinner and, and goes shopping and gets home. Uh, it's pretty much what I do in my spare time. So three hours, you know, after after work, you know, it's what I do to enjoy my time and and I can play for the, play in the community, you know, play for the community, build my friend base and hang out with my friends. But I'm just behind a guitar most of the time. Well, if people want to see you, um, I mean, what you have, I know that you have at least one or two consistent gigs that you're doing i mean i know you do the tuesday night thing tell people where that where they can find you on tuesday uh, nights i play at la hacienda in fayetteville uh, <clears throat> on 85 north of the square uh been there actually for seven years uh, every tuesday and uh, mondays at el reposo across from the hospital on 54 fayette piedmont hospital play there on mondays uh generally i'm at partners every other weekend uh pretty much year round and uh, summertime and out on the patio. Uh, I'm also on Saturday nights occasionally up in Hacienda, at Hacienda in Cumming, Georgia. Uh, I've also started, uh, I've got a booking at uh, the Hanna Brothers Cafe, May the 26th. I'll be there for dinner on a Saturday night. I've also been playing at Margarita Mama's on the Square in Fayetteville. Uh, played for a couple of years at Twisted Taco up on the rooftop. They've had some change in management and some management issues there, so they're kind of struggling with their music bookings right now, but I'm staying as busy as I can, as, as I as I really want to right now. So I'm very fortunate and grateful for that. Now, are you you um you available to do private parties and that kind of thing, Tim? Yes. Uh, uh, when I used to live up in Marietta, I would play a place in Roswell, uh, which was the uh, Georgia Pig Barbecue, turned into the Swallow in the Hollow, a songwriter's cafe. But I played up there for five or six years, and I would get uh, quite a few private parties in Crab Apple, Roswell, Alpharetta area, and that's that's fun to go to somebody's house and play and be given that privilege to entertain people's friends for you know wedding uh, meet and greets engagement parties things like that that's fun to have that responsibility it's a big responsibility to, to be able to try to please everybody because you don't know who's going to be there you got to please grandmother you got to please little sister little brother mom and dad it's it's a lot it's a long range of people to try to keep happy right now you've got uh I mean, if people want to keep up with you, I think you have you've got a or there's a there's a Facebook site that you sort of use to 
promote your, your music and stuff? Yeah, it's called Live Music in Fayetteville, and it's actually for any musician or band, anybody that's got a friend that's in a band uh, in Fayetteville or Fayette County, uh, to post their gigs and events on there. So I always wanted to know, okay, on the weekend, where can I go and hear some live music tonight? I'm in the mood to go hear some live music. I'm off. I'd like to go hear somebody else play. So I'd like to be able to look at that side and say, okay, well, uh, the Goodfellas or Margarita Mamas or um, you know whoever's playing wherever, I can go here. Uh, at whatever restaurant they posted on that, so that's what I put it on there for myself. In case anybody's looking to see where I can, where I'm going to be playing, that's where my gigs are normally posted there. Okay, um, and I had another man. I just went right out of my head. I was going to ask you something else about that. Oh, um, the uh, I mean the live music scene, in, in, in you know, much more so than someone would think. I mean, the live music scene in Fayette County is pretty vibrant, isn't it? Well, it is amazing because when I moved to Fayetteville eight years ago. A uh, single man coming into this town, not really knowing a lot of people except some people that I went to high school with. And I said, uh, so what is there to do in Fayetteville? And at that time, eight years ago, the only place to go was uh, a sports bar across from Fayette Hospital that everybody went to for karaoke on Wednesday nights. There was no live music. There was nobody playing live anywhere. Nobody was allowing it or having it or promoting it. Knew nothing about it. So that's when I went by partners and I saw that patio and I had been playing up at Johnny's pizza in Kennesaw for three, three years up there. And I said, I love that patio. It's twice the size of the one I'm used to playing up in Kennesaw. So I got to go stop in there and talk to the, to the owners. So that's what I did. And that started me playing in Fayetteville. Then I got hooked up with La Hacienda at the same time. So I've been playing both of those places for two or seven years now. And, uh, then other acts started coming out onto the patio and they started promoting more, even inside, inside and outside, uh, solo acts and bands and that patio can really be rocking on a, on the weekend with bands and and live music and it's very satisfying to know that I was part of that when I came in here and and was interested in playing music just as a solo solo player. Yeah, I mean it, it, just about any weekend now um if somebody wants to hear live music in Fayette County they can find it. I mean it's it's you know the the, the bars and and that's another thing the the sort of the the um the bar scene and not necessarily just bars but restaurants that Serve alcohol and and feature live music. Th- those are growing in numbers too. I mean, you're getting you're getting more people now. I think. Uh oh, you're getting more people or more businesses that are coming into Fayette County that are uh you know they're, they're the type of business they are lends themselves to to have live music, which is is good. More places to play, and more opportunities to play. Right. When I first started playing, um, if you joined a band, you had to get either free gigs or you played bars till one or two in the morning, and I I did that and got exhausted from that, not making any money doing that. And uh, just a lot, of, you put yourself in a lot of positions where you don't want to be at that time of night or in the morning. So I'm very, very fortunate to be able to play uh, in a time slot where I play at all these different places, uh, approximately from 6 to 9, 6 to 10, things like that, that's very conducive to these restaurants and family atmospheres. Uh, the Hacienda and Coming is a good example. It's an up and growing community up there. A lot of families come in there with little kids and they sit there and they dance and they dance with their kids and then the kids are just having a, a natural good time while they're having dinner. And that's that's something that's uh that's very very nice to be able to, to be part of. Yeah, and that's another good point to make. I mean anytime, you know, for people that are interested in going to see Tim, any, any particularly with Tim, any any time that you want to see him you know, your children are always probably welcome. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any place that you play where they don't, you know, they, you gotta be 18 or older or young, you know, to get in. 
No, it's always a it's always a family conducive atmosphere. You know, when we play, your, you know, when you and I play at partners, when you just play at partners outside, particularly, it seems like there's always kids running around and things going on. And it's just it's a good family time. So if you're concerned about that, um, you know, that that's not that's not a concern. If you want to come out on a Friday night and have some, you know, have a little dinner and listen to some great live music in a family friendly atmosphere. Tim McGee's your guy. I mean, he uh, that that's that's kind of his 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 thing. So. I think, you know, that, that, because I think some, some parents particularly might be a little nervous about bringing their kids to a live music venue because they think, it's, you know, they have the stereotype that it's going to be rowdy and drunk. And every now and then somebody will, you know, will have a little too much to drink and, you know, act a little bit stupid. But that's very rare, uh, in, at least in my experience anyway. Well, I try to uh, also watch the lyrics when I'm playing on certain songs too. I'll change lyrics for humor purposes but i'll also uh omit some about uh, body parts and other things like that, that that are in the original lyrics of songs and and i'll just kind of slide over those and people will look at me like they're listening and they caught that you know and they appreciate it because there's a young kid is sitting there and they didn't they appreciate me being conscious to that fact yeah well i mean i i, I can't count the times that you've you've caused me to lose my place by slipping in some <laughs> lyric that i wasn't expecting but it was just hilarious and you know I get like everybody else. I'll start laughing at it and 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 have to. Oh, damn it! Where where was I? Um, but that that's that's fun. You know why why don't we why don't we get lunch at school? You know that's yeah. a good one. So it, yeah, that that's that. But I think that's an important point to make to people that that want to come out and you know bring their kids and want to have a sort of you know family night out. So well, look any anything else you want to uh, talk about? Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? What do you what do you got? Uh, not necessarily. Just uh, appreciate everybody's support over the years in Fayetteville and Fayette County and everywhere. Now you have a new son-in-law, right? I do. And he do. does a, he does a little nothing like what you do, but he does a little little something musically. Tell 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 everybody about that. Uh, Greg Fugate. He also DJs. Uh, he's an excellent DJ. He's uh, DJed at the Courthouse Tavern many occasions and uh, had the place full. And uh, he also owns A uh, and H. Specialist Audi and Honda specialist down on uh, industri- Industrial Drive, was it? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Industrial Drive. Industrial That's right. Drive, yeah. yeah. All right, Greg, your father-in-law just gave you a shout out, buddy. You need to, you know, do a little something, something for him, and uh, maybe come on the show and be a sponsor. How about that? And he's married to your beautiful daughter Emily. Yep, he's a great guy. They uh, we had the wedding down in Sarasota back in October. Yeah. Had a big time. Had the reception up at the. Uh, Train Depot in Fayetteville had a big, huge turnout. That was a good time. I was there. All right. Well, listen, man, I I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to let you and uh, what you got anything, Jack? What do you got? Anything at all? Uh, not really. Well, you need to you need to fill about ten seconds because I promised somebody that I'd plug something on the show, and I got I got to dig it out right quick. Uh, so um, you know, just talk amongst yourselves while I yeah, fiddle around yeah. with this awkwardly. Um, we might edit this out. We might not. I don't know. We'll I see. Don't know. It's all, it's all, it's, it's all good, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have to put my glasses on, we're going to edit it out, though, because <laughs> that's just, you know, how it is. Let me see if I can find this. Tim, what's up? Oh, man, uh, what, are, what are your goals in music uh, as far uh, as you want to play solo? You want to get a band together? You want to be a I producer? I'm getting a band together, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I don't know. I really don't know what I'd do. It'd be on guitar, but regardless of what position I'd play, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping to orchestrate something. Good. All right, everybody. Listen, I need to uh, I need to tell y'all about an event coming up. This is going to be May fifth, twenty eighteen, from five to nine p.m. 
It's Run for the Roses Derby Fundraiser. It's the Run for the Roses Derby Fundraiser. This will be held at uh, Roanoke Farm Weddings and Events. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to benefit the charity Healing for Heroes. It's a party. Let me see here. Let me get this right now. It's a uh, party filled with fancy hats, seersucker suits, mint juleps, and lots of fun. That's right up our alley, isn't it, Tim? You and I in, in, in seersucker suits. You oh, and I in some mint juleps. Heck, heck yeah. Um, Guests will enjoy food and beverage, two drink tickets included, live broadcast of the Kentucky Derby on the uh, big, two big screen TVs, contest for best hat, best derby attire, live music, lawn games, giveaway, silent auction, and a special guest appearance from retired Staff Sergeant Johnny Joey Jones, United States Marine Corps. Tickets on sale, there's a website, um, it's at uh, www.eventbrite.com. Uh, backslash e backslash run for the roses derby day fundraiser um so that will get you to uh to the ticket page this is uh this is some friends of mine that are hosting and putting this thing on and it's it's they do it every year and it's it's uh it's it's a very very fun event it's uh it's a very good good cause and fun event so if you are uh, available to to enjoy this may 5th 2018 from five to nine run for the roses derby fundraiser so Thanks very much, everybody. Well, Tim, I think that'll that'll about do it, man. Unless you just got something you just have to talk about to my uh, to my eight listeners who are tuning in. And, and I, I, like, I like the fact that you had they had to specify the year twenty eighteen. Well, you know, people are easily sometimes. Folks are confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm actually showing appreciation. To well, you. I know you are. I and, was honestly confused at what at what year it was going to be taking place as well. Well, I appreciate your uh, your continuing support, Jack Stutter. Well, Tim, this has been a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, and being a guest on the show. We're trying to get this thing up and running to as many people as we can, and I know you have a, a pretty loyal listener base regarding your music, and you you're prolific on Facebook. So, hopefully, some of your fans will uh, will see this and share it, and um, you know, get the word out about your music and get the word out about this podcast. Yeah, thank thanks for having me on. My pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, if you, uh, as, as always, if you have ideas for guests, people you want to hear or see on the show, let me know. Drop us a line. You can always send us an email at tmgspodcast at gmail.com. tmgspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, Things My Granddaddy Said is our Facebook page or my personal Facebook page, just David Stuttered. And you remember, as always, this this will uh, be a video that we will produce, and, and it'll appear on our YouTube page, Things My Granddaddy Said. Now, as you know, the show drops every Tuesday, so um, look for us uh, every Tuesday, and look for the video. Uh, you know, the video usually falls a couple days after the show drops on Tuesday, so look for that. Um, guests you want to see, topics you want us to cover, if you want to be a guest, let me know. Uh, I'll bring you in here, and just like Tim, you can come in, sit down, and, and talk about whatever you like for 30 or 40 minutes. Um, so let me know. Again, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we hope to uh, be with you all again uh, next Tuesday. Thanks very much. <laughs>